This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. FSU hosts North Florida tonight, Wednesday evening from the Donald L. Tucker Center in Tallahassee. And you are listening to a basketball podcast. I'm here with Chris Nee, and starting this week, we'll be doing a regular basketball pod. I'm not going to give it a set date to drop, but we'll do it at least two to three times a month moving forward. So that's your, that's your hoops pod. Uh, Chris, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm glad basketball season is here. Oh, aren't we all? Coming from somebody that's never really watched uh, FSU hoops, I'm going to be dialed in. Not only am I going to be dialed in because I'm doing this podcast with you, but I started watching that team towards the end of last season, and they really were an enjoyable bunch to watch. Well-coached, communicate well, play together well. But the season ended, and it was so unfulfilling. Uh, Where do you stand as a big hoops guy? Like, Where do you stand coming off of a season like that? Well, that's always going to be the what-if season. I remember standing on the court there in North Carolina as they're getting the ACC trophy, and the game had been called between them and Clemson. Mm-hmm. And you knew that things were done, at least for a while. You didn't know how long. There was hopes that maybe a tournament comes about a month, two months, sometime along down the road, but obviously that never happened. You know, other than Dick Vitale's book, that crowned FSU national champions, we'll never know if it really would have happened. It stinks. I mean, it was awful. It, that was a great team. FSU basketball is a great thing to watch, and it's a great thing to be around and to cover because of the fact that it has such a great culture. And that culture is from the top down. Leonard Hamilton, his staff, they do a great job of kind of trusting their players and getting the right guys together and letting it run. And last year's team with, you know, two NBA lottery picks in Patrick Williams and Devin Vassell and a great veteran leader, unquestioned seminal guy who kind of embodied the program through and through Trent Farris, who's also now enjoying the NBA riches. That that's a great centerpiece of a team that can do a lot of things. And man, they were positioned, you know, you don't go 26 and five and 16 and zero at home and run this league, the best league maybe in college basketball by coincidence. That's not an accident. Mm-hmm. You're, you're really freaking good when you do that. And it, it just stunk that they didn't get to play it all out and see where it would have ended up. And I think there would have been a lot of Seminoles in Atlanta if FSU made it there, and who knows how it plays out in the end. But I wouldn't have counted against that team. Watching them win at Louisville and then beat up Louisville at home in many other instances throughout that season, it was pretty clear that on their best night, they were going to be a tough out for anybody in the country. Mm. Yeah, they, they did. The, the term beat up, they really did beat up on some some really good teams down the stretch there. It was disappointing to see them not be able to finish the season. In your deep in your gut, how do you think that season would have ended? Like, do you really believe Dick Vitale and some of these, do you think that they were going to win the national championship? Well, the NBA, or I'm sorry, the NCAA tournament is so about matchup. So it's kind of tough to forecast and just say, but yeah, I thought they were a final four quality team. 
And if you get to the final four, then anything can happen. So do I think they could have? Yeah, I, I legitimately think they had a shot. Um, not saying I think they would have, but I certainly think they were going to be in Atlanta. I really believed I would be covering that team into the final weekend of the college basketball season. And they do lose some firepower, unfortunately. Vassell, Forrest, Williams, um, all whom are now in the NBA. Does FSU have the firepower to replace three of their four leading scorers? Yeah, I mean, they also lost Dom, a big guy. Obviously, Dom was a one-year rental type transfer in from Ole Miss. They lose about half their scoring. They averaged about 75 points a game last year. I think those four players combined averaged about 37, 38 combined. Three of those four year leading scores with Vassell, Ferris, and Williams. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they lose a ton of firepower. And I think a lot of people would be, oh, you know, they can't do it again. Well, we, we've caught ourselves in this trap before in recent years of they lose really good players to the NBA draft to get drafted very high and – People don't think FSU is going to be there in the next year. I think they're going to be there. Um, you know, Pam's kind of take, proved that wrong in recruiting too. Right. And, and also the concept of it is a team is something that FSU embodies. It's not, you know, a bullshit mantra. It's not, we just say it to say it. It is who they are. The 18 strong, the Viper squad, you know, the green team, everything about that program, it is true year over year over year. And it gets passed down. And, you know, I think MJ Walker's a guy who's ready for prime time. MJ's leading returning score averaged about 10.6 per game last year. MJ's the kind of guy that I think if you tell him we need 20 from you tonight on a good night, he's going to produce that. Now, MJ's always been a little inconsistent at times and a little uh, rhythm-based, a little up and down. So, you know, he's not quite the dead ice vein shooter that Devin was or the super reliable version of Trent Furs. But I think he's grown a great deal in his career here, and I think he is now ready to kind of shoulder that burden. He's not going to have to do it by himself. Malik Osborne, definition of a team player, is a guy who I think is going to take a big step forward, average six per game last year. I, I was going to ask you that because we know MJ Walker is going to fill it up. He can score. He's going to produce. But, like, I wanted to know who, who are the guys that need to take the next step? Well, I think of the returning guys, it's the trio of Malik Osborne, Raekwon Gray, and Raekwon Gray, and Anthony Polite. Um, you know, that's three guys that all average right around six points, six points, six points, and I think five point eight for Polite. They all need to take a big of a bit of a step forward. Polite needs to be a consistent ball handler guy that can be relied on as a one or two guard type. I think he starts early in the year. I don't know if he does as the year progresses. I think a guy, a newcomer like a Sadir Calhoun is a guy who he, he's, he is the definition of offensive firepower. He's quick. He is fast. He's a good shooter. He can get to the rim. He can score in a lot of different ways. If you read what I wrote yesterday about the newcomers, Leonard, speaking of Calhoun, kind of paints a clear picture. I think defense is a part where his game needs to progress to make him a more reliable piece where they're able to run out there. And then everybody knows about Scotty Barnes, best player ever recruited in FSU history under Leonard Hamilton. Scotty's going to be their primary point guard. He's a six foot nine, massive dude. I know he's a true freshman. It's a lot to say, but he is ready for prime time from the get go. He is a kid that mentally has that makeup. It, I don't think he's going to be rattled the first time he plays an ACC game. I don't think he's going to be rattled the first time he's in that final four minute segment of a game and every possession counts because, well, if you screw up, you're going to lose this one. I don't think that's going to make him flinch. I mean, he's got to have some freshman moments here and there. But in general, that kid is ready to be a one-and-done type basketball basketball player who can be a crucial piece as a scorer, as a distributor, and also an effective rebounder because of his height. 
Um, you know, I love Malik Osborne. I think Malik Osborne embodies this program about as well as anybody. He played the post last year to five as a big because they needed him to. Mm-hmm. Alsha Copperviza was hurt. Dom was new and banged up. So they didn't really have a lot reliable center. They've brought in multiple centers, you know, Quincy Ballard, a true freshman, to Norton Nagome, a transfer from Canada, Ryerson, who has one year, seven-foot-plus guy. Balsha's healthy now. So they've got enough big bodies that he's allowed to be more of a four this year, more of a face-up guy. He can score. He can hit a jump shot. He's actually a very good jump shooter. It's just something he didn't have to do last year. He wasn't asked to do last year. So I think he can take a big step forward. Raekwon Gray is an important piece. He's kind of a point forward type, a mismatch guy. Biggest thing with him is the ability to play lengthy stretches. He, His uh, conditioning is an area where hopefully he has taken a step forward. I know he's made an effort to do so, so we'll see how it plays out on the court. And then I think the unsung hero can be Wyatt Wilkes off the bench. Wyatt's a dead-eye three-point shooter. He was brought here to be a three-point shooter. He's another team guy. He loves playing with those guys, playing alongside them. He's the kind of guy that he might not play a lot of minutes in a game, but if you bring him in for a four-minute stretch and he drains two or three three-pointers, he can stretch out that lead or, you know, tighten it back up and buy minutes for the guys mm-hmm. to get fresh or coming off the bench who are going to – So you, you know, would you consider him kind of like <clears throat> like the spark off the bench when, when FSU needs it? Would he be yeah. the go-to guy? Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Six-man is sort of the thing for Leonard Hamilton. You know, Fee was that two years ago. Pat was that last year. Both of those guys are now making NBA millions and doing pretty well for themselves. So a six-man is a pretty important role here. I don't know that Wyatt necessarily is the six-man of this team. I think Calhoun will probably be early in the year. I think later in the year, somebody like Polite might transition to that role mm-hmm. if Calhoun takes a starter role. But Wilkes is the kind of guy that, yeah, when you, when you he's a shooter, man. Shooter, shoot. Right. And when you need some points, he's not always going to nail him. But when he hits the first one, he's probably going to hit a couple more. Keep him going. So I, I think that they're very comfortable with him taking that role. Why didn't he do it last year? Because they had Devin Vassell last year. When they needed a crucial three-pointer, when they needed to run a set or create something in the offense for a three-point look, Vassell was the guy they were usually going to create for. Mm-hmm. Vassell was obviously moved on to the NBA, and there's other guys that can shoot threes on this team. But I think when they have to have one, Wilkes is going to be the guy that kind of gets nod now. And he, he's enough of a veteran who's been in it long enough, who content, continues to progress and fully understands what's being asked of him, that I think he's going to easily gravitate into that role. What about, I want to stick with the bench theme, what about as far as a defender goes that can come off the bench and kind of be that lockdown guy? Is there somebody on that roster right now? Yeah, he may start, but I think Raekwon Evans is that guy. You know, you need a guy who can put pressure on the ball, and Raekwon's a guy who I think can certainly do that. Raekwon played some really good basketball for FSU last year. He didn't do a great job early in the year, mainly because he was banged up. He came off a really bad hamstring injury that hindered him and didn't allow for a real preseason. So it took him a while to kind of get in the groove of things. But in ACC play, there were times where Raekwon was super effective on both ends of the court. And I think he can definitely be that guy again this year. I think they have a nice group of guards. You know, we've talked about Burns. We've talked about Walker. Uh, we talked about Polite. You've got Evans coming off the bench as an own a possibility. You could also start. And then you got Calhoun, who I don't view as much of a ball handling type of guard, but he's certainly a scoring type of guard. So they have a real nice hodgepodge of guys who have a lot of different skill sets that can be guard types for them. Yeah. Before we move on to previewing tonight, Char, are there any other new faces that fans need to know, names they need to know? 
Well, we brought up Nagome, the seven-footer from Canada. He played at Ryerson University. He's a guy that's going to be an effective shot blocker, should be an effective rebounder. He's a very athletic big who can get up and down the court. Main issue with him, he arrived at FSU a little late because of the odd summer, because of travel issues for him. So he's a little bit behind in getting into the system, getting fully conditioned to prepare for the season. He's the kind of guy that a regular exhibition preseason probably would have benefited a great deal. I think December is going to be very much an exhibition season for him, and hopefully he's a little bit more ready to go when January rolls around. To a lesser degree, the freshman Quincy Ballard, another big. Quincy can be a real good rim protector for FSU. I don't know if it will be this year, but he will be before he leaves this program. He's a guy that Leonard Hamilton liked a great deal. Leonard usually doesn't miss in those type of forecasts with bigs who can do things around the rim. Quincy's a guy who I don't think is going to play a lot. I'll be surprised if he plays a lot. But I do think he can play some crucial minutes, create some opportunities with defense, and finish around the room and be a good rebounder. So I think those are some important pieces who will play lesser minutes. And then there's Nate Jack. I'm not sure what to make of Nate. Uh, Nate's issue was defense last year. You couldn't really leave him on a court because for every point he scored, he was probably going to give up an equal point. So it was kind of a trade-off you didn't want to make. If Nate's improved defensively, he's another really good dead-eye three-point shooter. He's capable of being similar – to the type of idea of what we were talking about with Wilkes, where when you need that balance, you need some points off the bench, you need that quick injection of knock a couple down for me. He can be that. I'm interested to see if he's taking a step forward or not. All right. Uh, moving on to previewing tonight's game. Um, give me the starting five for tonight. And then also, is tonight's starting five, do you feel that this will be the unit moving forward? Or eventually, what does the top starting five look like for Florida State? Well, I think it's a safe bet that Scotty Burns, MJ Walker, Raekwon Gray, and Malik Osborne will be four of those five. Mm -hmm. I think tonight the other one will be Anthony Polite. I think long-term Calhoun might take that role or even Evans. I think the three of those guys, Polite, Evans, Calhoun, are very interchangeable in the sense of who's your fifth, sixth, seventh guy. Um, so I think that's kind of where it stands. I think Balsha Kapravisa is going to be a very important big off the bench for them this year. As we've talked about, Wilkes is going to be kind of that, give me a spurt, give me some points here and there. And then Nagom down the road a little bit as he gets a little more in the groove will be another essential big for them. You know, I, I think they're still going to go smallish with the starting lineup with Osborne and Gray being kind of your flex four or five types. But I think long-term they're going to be able to play some big fives and put Osborne or Gray at the four and the three respectively. Um, so I think, they're, they got a lot of interchangeable parts, which I think is pretty important. I think long-term, the starting five that we see tonight, I would bet against it being the starting five for all 30 games. And that's mm -hmm. not considering possibility of injuries and such. Right. Okay. Well, tonight's game, they should roll um, against North Florida. But what are you looking for? What do you want to see out of this FSU team in the first game of the season? Well, I mean, Scotty Barnes' debut is going to be the headline, I think, for most people. You know, Scotty's a guy who he, – he averaged 12 points on a loaded Montverde team last year that went undefeated and won a national title. He was a big piece of that, but that's a loaded roster he was part of. Scotty's being thrust right into it. He's going to be their primary ball handler from the word go. And I think people are going to be interested to see just how versatile that kid is. What is the hype real? And I think the hype will be real with him. I mm -hmm. think he's a guy – I want to see MJ Walker kind of be that guy. I want MJ to be – I jokingly called him headband MJ last year. Whenever MJ were to headband last year, he was a bit more of a badass than on a normal day. I want him to be that guy from word go. 
Tony Douglas, his last year here, you knew he was a dude. You knew when you needed the points, he was going to get the points. When you needed the defense, you were going to get the defense. When you just needed the energy, you were going to get the energy. I want MJ Walker to elevate himself to being that guy. Assert I himself. think he's I think he's ready for that. Yeah. Um, I, I want to see Raekwon Gray, you know, play really, really hard for four straight minutes and not look like he's sucking wind. You know, I want to see that conditioning improve because I think that's the biggest key with Greg. Gray's a I, I know some fans are very infuriated at times with Gray because there's a bad turnover here or a bad shot here, or, you know, just a little winded here or there. I want him to be able to play to the utmost of his ability because I think he's a unique skill set that's a mismatch for most teams FSU is going to face. So I kind of want to see him stepping into that. Um, and most of all, I just – I think it's going to be a shake the rust off kind of thing. You know, the – the weird off seasons made college basketball kind of interesting to watch here for the last seven or so days, eight, I guess, nine days now since it kicked off. Some teams look really bad who we know are good from a talent standpoint because they're just not yet there with playing with one another. You know, they don't create for one another well. They don't finish opportunities very well. Their defensive rotations are poor. You know, watching Duke Michigan State last night, Duke, there were times defensively where Duke just didn't look like a Duke team. They, they were not very good at what they're supposed to do. You know, Michigan State's always good, so that's not really a knock on Duke too much. And then watching Kansas and Kentucky, there were moments where you saw that too. I think there's going to be some ugliness in December. The good news for FSU is the schedule sets up well. They're at home outside of one game for the first 30 days that they're on the court. So I think that's pretty important for them. You know, I, I think the the first month of the season, to me, I very much view it as an exhibition preseason type of deal. It's important for FSU to win those games, but if they drop one or even two, I'm not going to put a whole lot into it because I think this is a group who's got to learn to play together on the court, and it's more important that they're real good at ACC play than necessarily these four or five non-conference games they're going to play. Hmm. want to give a shout-out to Market Square Liquors and fine wine. They've been supporting on the bench throughout this fall season. And you guys have been supporting them as well. And I just wanted to remind you that you can pre-order for the engraving of the bottles today. Um, the bottle engraver will be at the store this Thursday, December 3rd, and it will be the only time to get the bottles engraved. They make perfect Christmas gifts. Everybody's thinking, oh, what do I get my uncle? What do I get my father? People can go and pre-order these bottles of Woodford Reserve Bourbon, Woodford Reserve Rye, Jack Daniels Single Barrel Bourbon, or Gentleman Jack today. Get them engraved for free tomorrow or pick up on Friday. That's Market Square Liquors right there on Timberlane Road. Um, Chris, you're going to be – are you going to be at the game tonight? Are you allowed? What's the deal with the media? Yeah, they're allowing – I think it's 10 media members are going to be allowed in. We're going to basically be in the old hockey press box from the Tiger Sharks days. So I'll be there tonight. I plan to be at pretty much every home game outside of one or two. I got to miss for personal reasons where I'm out of town or something mm -hmm. of that sort. But, yeah, I plan to watch this team. 15 of 25 games are scheduled to be at home right now. Um, that's presuming they rescheduled Gardner-Webb, which I think is a possibility for December 21st. You know, FSU's won 24 straight at home, so you got to feel pretty good when 60% of your schedule is at home that you have a good chance of, you know, putting together a pretty solid record on the year. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know if people watched the women's game last night, FSU beat Florida, but uh, the arena's interesting. It's got almost like the hockey sidewall up on one side, kind of blocking the stands. Mm -hmm. The benches are three deep, kind of like the NBA setup. 
a lot of space on the court, not a lot of humans on the court, some cutouts near the court. It's just such a odd and different look from a place that, you know, last season FSU packed out on a regular FSU average, I don't know, around 10,000 fans, I think it was, per game last year, mm-hmm. which for FSU men's basketball, you know, it's someone that's been around it for 20 years, well, heck, 25, 30 years, but working around it for 20 years, it was great to see the home environment become what it became last year. And it's become very good over the last several years. But there was a major buy-in by the fans last year, and I'm going to miss that this year where we only have, I think it's about 2,600 is what they're allowing in. Hmm. Well, it should be it should be fun. You, It's good to see you get back to basketball, man. You need this. What? <laughs> yeah, you think? <laughs> but yeah, you, I, I, you use basketball. I mean, yeah, you go there and cover it for work, but like you get more out of it than that, right? Like this is kind of oh, your, yeah. your piece. Like this is your temple. I love hoops. I, I mean, as a kid, I remember watching James Collins ball and knock down threes. You know, I remember getting to FSU and watching those early years of him trying to fix it up after Steve Robinson kind of left it a mess. I like hoops. I, I like the people I deal with at hoops. I, I appreciate Leonard Hamilton and Stan Jones a great deal. I've built a very good relationship with both of those men over their time here. And, you know, CY is a guy that's more recent, but I think very highly of CY. I also enjoy his company when we speak. The players are an enjoyable bunch to deal with, um, and that that's because of the guy that guides them at the top. It's a trickle-down effect. And then there's a lot of people in that building, you know, Chuck Walsh, the SID, for example, uh, that I just enjoy talking to. I like they're hoop minded people. They enjoy hoops. I love hoops. It's a nice breath of fresh air. Um, you know, obviously football around these parts the last few years have been less than enjoyable on the field. And from a covering standpoint, it's been stressful and just, yeah, it's just, it's not the kind of program you enjoy covering because it feels like you're chasing bad news on the regular. And, you know, I think some people probably think we enjoy chasing bad news. We don't. It's just what we got to do because it's part of the job. I enjoy the fact that hoops very rarely am I in that conundrum of feeling like I have to do that. So, yeah, it's a breath of fresh air, and I enjoy it. Baseball is kind of in a similar manner for me where it's just a change of pace, and I I enjoy when it comes. I need it. It helps recharge the battery even though I'm still working. Mm. Yeah, and I've really been a casual viewer of FSU hoops since taking over at Knowles 24-7 in 2010. But oddly enough, I actually got my start in FSU media by covering hoops. I don't even know if you know this, but like I was, I got my start in about 04 with Dave Peters and Jim Henry covering the uh, Tim Pickett, Alexander Johnson, Von Wafer, uh, Adam Wallace Kowski, uh, those teams. Um, that was, that, those, was that pre ham? That was, no, that, that, that's early ham. Ham's now entering, early his, ham. yeah, okay. Ham's entering his 18th season. Oh, so yeah, that that's very early ham, and it you know, a wall. I always remember for uh, I think he missed the free throw and flicked off the rim, if I recall correctly. <laughs> uh, you know, Vaughn could just fill it up some nights, and some nights he just wasn't emotionally invested into the game the way he would hope. But man, Pickett's one of those early guys that you got to love in this program. Ham actually referenced Pickett when he was talking about Burns and Cal- really? Calhoun and the newcomers. Yeah, he talked about you know Pickett's sneer. Uh, some of the more recent types of those sorts too when he was discussing just those guys ability to kind of do things you know he's had some really good players around here it's it's pretty incredible to think back to what this program was when ham took it over mm-hmm. and even what it was 10 years ago when they were starting to find some sustainability and competing in the acc 
to what it's become over the last four or five years where it's become kind of a elite level new blood as they like to say program I appreciate it. I enjoy it. I'm glad it's happened. I'm glad the administration had patience with him when it plateaued a bit there a few years back. It, it's paid off, and it's paid off for the team, for the fans, and you know, for us who get to cover it. Yeah, and um, I'm looking forward to uh, watching more basketball and doing this podcast. So we will we'll be back probably sometime next week. Uh, thank you for listening to On the Bench. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.